This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, hey, isn't God good? I know some of you, some of you guys that are real attention to detail people, you noticed something this morning. You're like, we only sang two songs. Some of you guys that were late were like, oh crap, they only sang two songs today. Can I say that in here? I just did, it doesn't matter. We're doing something different. How many of you guys like to do something different? Man, I mean to tell you, it's like, you know, last night I went on a four-wheeler ride with the kids and it's like, you know, we got, there's really nowhere to ride because there's all, all the fields are in and like, let's do something different, you know? And Will was just like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, can't, I can't, we can't ride in these weeds. I'm like, ah, we're gonna ride in these weeds. Let's go do something different, you know? So today we're, we sang two songs, prayed, I'm going to minister, and at the end, we're going, to, we're going to commit what it is that we've heard to the Lord through worship and, and just honor Him. Another thing that we're going to do is we're going, to, um, we're going to invite anyone that needs prayer in their life from uh, just anything. We, we've got some people that are down here. They're, they're our prayer team. And uh, during that song that we're going to sing at the end, they'll be available. And if you need to come down and, and just have somebody to agree with you, you know, and, 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 and hook up with you, you know, sometimes it's just nice to, to be able to go and say, hey, you know, I, I've got this and I, and I really need somebody to hook up with me. These people have a heart to hook up with you and, and to be and stand in faith with you. And so I, th- I hope that you'll take uh, uh, advantage of that opportunity at the end. Don't feel... Uh, don't feel nervous or anything. You know, as we're worshiping God, the rest of the congregation will stand up and they'll just begin to worship God. And if you, you have a need, just walk, just step out of your seat, walk right down here. They'll be here. They'll be available. They can put resources into your hand if you need resources and just encouragement, a word of encouragement. And so um, that gives you just a little synopsis of just a little change, you know, just a little adjustment, some little adjustments to just you know, add to what it is that we're doing and make sure that, that uh, people are being ministered to in the way that they, they could be, you know? And so I hope that you'll take advantage of it. So today, I hope you got your notes. Some of you guys are just like, once you got out of school, it's like, ah, I'm not never taking notes again. Somebody, uh, somebody uh, in the church posted this weekend. I love it. It's, um, she said, ah, another, it was, it was this slogan that says, ah, another day went by and I didn't use algebra. <laughs> and I just laughed out loud. I was like, man, that's, that's hilarious. Uh, didn't use algebra. But if you want to take notes, they are available and uh, you can take advantage of those or you can pick them up on your way out. But today I want to share a, a message with you that uh, it kind of came to me I hate to admit when it came to me, because it tells something about me that uh, I'm not real proud of, and uh, it involves these. <clears throat> you guys know what these are? These are Christmas lights. Yeah, you hear all those groans? I know. I hear the same the same groans. Now, as I rep- was preparing for this, you know, there are some people in our midst and not in our midst and our neighbors and different ones like that, that they begin to celebrate Christmas long before it's time to celebrate Christmas. Am I right? Every year I have a little bit of anxiety as I look out our window at someone setting up their tree. Now they're not even here today to, to, to uh, you know, defend themselves, but it gets earlier and earlier every year. That's not my point. 
My point is, is that as I was taking the lights off of my house in March, um, I know, I feel shame too. I was roll, you know, I was just rolling up lights. And if you've ever, you know, worked with Christmas lights, it's like, you know, it's like, where do you start, right? I mean, and they become a knot, right? No matter if you're putting them on or taking them off, it's just like a big giant knot that, that you're frustrated, the, the clippy things fall off and, and, you know, there's really no good way and you're trying to be really, really ginger so you don't break the bulbs and they become tangled and you become frustrated and some of us say words that we shouldn't say and, you know, it's just the problem, right? I mean, just the, the knot, so to speak, that we, that we have, you know, and as I was doing this, the phrase came to me, it's, it's not your problem. Now, originally, initially, I thought, yeah, you know what? This is not my problem. This is my kids and my wife. They wanted me to put these things up. And then the Lord's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the fact that you don't want to be out here and you have a bad attitude about Christmas lights on the, on the house. I'm talking about the fact that this is, it's not your problem. And so today, the title of my message is, Not My Problem. And, you know, a lot of times we have these big, giant messes of problems in our lives, you know, that sometimes they seem like they have no apparent solution, right? It's kind of like these, like, I don't know. I'm just going to go buy some new ones, right? That's exactly what I did. I went and bought 10 boxes of these things, cleaned out Menards. I'm like, I'm never touching these things again. But a problem is defined as a matter or a situation regarded as unwelcome and harmful, needing to be dealt with and needing to be overcome. And, you know, life, life can have those situations. They can have those, those times where we we face things that need to be dealt with. They, we face things that there, there are issues that are unwelcome and they're, they're harmful to us. And, and, you know, it might be, uh, you know, in your work and in your job, there's, there's a situation or a matter or a problem that you're dealing with. And it seems like a giant knot. It seems like a problem that can't be dealt with, it can't be untangled, it can't be solved. You know, we face that. You know, uh, I know in our lives, uh, one time, just in our life, we were out on a lake one time in this brand new, well, not brand new, a new boat to us. And my son's like, uh, dad, it's smoking. And that's when the phrase came from my mouth, now we have a problem, right? Now, my, 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 I, wanna, I want you to know that it's a problem, it's not my problem, it's a problem. Now, yeah, our whole family was on the boat, so yeah, I guess you could say it was our problem, like sink, swim, or die, right? And uh, as Rachel's like getting all the life jackets on everybody. But, uh, you know, no matter what it is, you know, if it's work, if it's kids, if it's marriage, maybe it's health, maybe it's a drinking problem, maybe it's a drug problem, I don't know. I don't know what it is in your life where, you know, there's something that you're facing, there's a big problem that you're trying to deal with and you can't seem to find the solution. You've tried everything, you've looked everywhere, you've asked everyone. And, and so my question today is, is, how do you and I overcome these, these problems 
these tangled messes, these things in our lives that, that are nagging. And sometimes, what a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes we'll, we just kind of sweep them under the rug in hopes that it'll just go away. Or, or in hopes that we can find freedom from the mess. And, and so, you know, the thing that we need to know is, is, uh, is that Jesus said in John 16, 33, that, that what as long as we're in this world, guys, we're going to have problems. We're going to have tribulations. We're going to have things that we, we have to deal with. As believers, we're going to be persecuted. Uh, you know, as living as people of integrity and character, there are going to be people that don't agree with us. And so there's going to be that persecution. Uh, um, there's going to be times in life where we make poor choices. That's the reason the smoking boat was a poor choice that I made. So it brought this problem into my life. At other times, there's going to be the poor choices of others that, that cause us to face these, these problems. And those things are out of our control. But the thing that we need to know is, is that in 1 Peter 5, we're encouraged, what? We're encouraged to cast all of our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. Another version says it this way. It says to, to give all of your worries. Give all of your worries and give all of your cares to God because he cares for you. And the thing that we need to understand or kind of the issue that I, that I see in this is, is that, yes, Jesus said that we're going to have these things, but Peter went on to say what? To cast or to give these cares, these worries, these anxieties, these, these problems, these issues to God because he cares for us. And I think that the issue is today, or the problem that I see is, and I've experienced it in my own life, is that I don't cast and I don't give the problem to him. You know, and so, you know, no matter what it is, it's, it's it, you know, when we have these problems, it's like kind of all we see or all we know. It's, it's kind of what we wake up every day and it's like we, we kind of want to pretend that it's not there and then it pops up its head and it's like, oh man, I just want this to leave. And, you know, it, it could be, like I said, it could be marital, it could be with your kids, it could be in your work and, or in your business that you're working, but you know, I'm not saying, and this is what I want to be very, very clear about, that, that I'm not saying that we deny the existence of a problem, right? You know, I mean, I was wrestling with this this week, and I'm like, well, you know, is, you know this has to be scriptural, you know? And, and so we don't deny that the, the fact that there's a problem, okay? If I have a spending problem, or let me put it to you this way. If I have a spending issue in my life where I ask no questions and I just swipe the card. At the end of the month, I'm going to have a problem, right? Because if I only make X amount of dollars and I'm spending more, then I'm going to have a problem. If as a husband, if I'm not walking in love, talking the way that I should, doing the things that I need to be doing, taking out the trash, helping around the house, there's going to be a problem, right? I mean, you know, the list goes on. So, you know, I'm not saying that we deny the existence of problems. We have, we have a responsibility in the matter. But we have to understand that in these things that we deal with where we really do want them out of our life, we really want them to go away, we really want a solution to the problem, we have to invite God into that, that circumstance. Because I think what happens is, is it becomes ours, right? It's like, I've tried everything else, 
And it's just mine. It's just who I am. It's just what I deal with. It's just, and, and we, we, we say those things. And, and I'm here today to tell you that, that God cares about you. He cares about the things that you face and the things that you're dealing with, the tangled messes that maybe you've created or maybe other people have created. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you created it, somebody else created it, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is that God wants us to cast our care and our anxiety and he wants to, 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 to pick up our problem and bring it to him and say, there you go. Why don't you deal with this? Help me with this. You know, and so, you know, we all have these challenges and struggles and problems, but we can't let it define who we are. We can't, we can't let it just become attached where, you know, it's, I, I have a picture of it. It's, it's kind of like Christmas vacation where you guys remember when Griswold, he hands it to, to Rusty, his son. He, I, did I, I don't think I put that picture in there, but he basically says, got a little knot here. And he hands it to Rusty and Rusty's like his little son, right? His 10 year old son. He's like, oh, okay, it's mine. And, and so my point is, is that we don't, have to, we don't have to face this problem alone. We don't have to deal with this problem alone. And so today what I want to do is I want to look at a story in the Bible. And many of you guys have heard this story uh, multiple times, but it's the story of the children of Israel. And basically you guys remember it because what we're doing is, is, is we've seen that the Lord asked Moses to, to lead the, the children of Israel out of, uh, of Egypt. And, and you guys remember all the things and all the plagues and different things like that. They, 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 you know, he's wrestling with Pharaoh, trying to get Pharaoh to let go of the people and let him get going. And they finally get to this place where Pharaoh's like, okay, yeah, go. And so they're, they're, they're heading out across the wilderness. And we pick up the story where they're, they're basically, they're right in front of the Red Sea. And they got the mountains on this one side and they got the, the, uh, the, the Red Sea is right in front of them. And this is where we pick it up here in Exodus 14.10. Look what it says. It says, and when Pharaoh drew near, Israel lifted up their eyes and, be, and beheld or beholded that the Egyptians were marching after them. And so what I want to do is I want to start by looking at the, the three mistakes that Israel made when they faced problems, right? It's a problem. Got a, I got a, a sea right here. I got the mountains right here. And I got the, the Egyptians and the Pharaoh and the army, and they are chasing me down. And so I want to look at these three mistakes. And so the first one is, as we find right here in Ephesians, or Ephesians, Exodus 14, 10, that number one, they focused on the problems, they focused on the problems. And as I was looking at this, it dawned on me that as they focused on the problems, it affected their heart. Or I'm sorry, it affected their eyes. So it's like they focused on the problems, so there was an eye problem. And, and when Pharaoh drew near, you know, they, they, their eyes were affected. The Egyptian army was closing in. There's this pressure being applied. They're surrounded, and there's no way out. It says that they lifted up their eyes and they began to look at the problem, the threat, the circumstances. But what's really unique about it is, is that they beheld it. So not only did they look up at the problem, but they continued to look at the problem. They continued to stare and look and focus on the problem that was right there. So what are you looking at? What are you continually 
looking at in your life. When we focus on the problems in life, it removes God from our focus because we're moving this, this angle of saying, Lord, I need your help to what is, what is all around us, what it is that we face. And so we have to know that we can't make the mistake of focusing on the problems because our eyes will be affected. The second one is found right here in Exodus 14.10. It says, it goes on to say that Israel lifted up their eyes and beheld the Egyptians were marching after them. And what did they do? They feared greatly. They became afraid of what would happen to them because of what they were looking at. And so number two in your notes is, is that focusing on the problem, it allowed, it, they allowed fear into their heart. Because they looked at the problem, it allowed fear into their heart. And as a result, in this scenario, their heart was affected. So we can see their eyes were affected. We can see their heart was affected by the fact that they allowed fear into their life. You know, when we get our eyes off of God and what it is that he said, when we get our eyes off of the promises of what he made to you, when we get our eyes off of peace and provision and guidance in our life, fear comes in. Circumstances begin to dictate what we hear, what we think about, what we're, what we're spending our lives uh, um, and how we live. You know, and when I think about how fear entered in, I can only think about this time when Rachel and I were newly married. We went on this walk and we didn't have kids so we could go and do whatever we wanted to do whenever we wanted to do it. Now I have four kids and it's like, what are we doing today? It's like, that's that, no. Okay, so anyway, we're on this walk. And... Uh, you know, we're just in wedded bliss, loving each other, holding hands, walking down the street. That's great. Until the bird showed up. Now, fear did not enter my heart at all. It entered her heart. So we're walking along, and this bird starts flying towards us. Now, nearly immediately, she began to look at the problem, and fear entered her heart. Okay, and she began to scream and hide for cover behind me and just asked me to do something. And this bird, you know, I was not, I was, I was in complete and total control. I just, I just, my cadence of walk didn't even change. Now she let go of my hand and she's doing one of these and looking for cover and yelling and screaming and making a scene in front of everybody that where I was on the street. Fear had entered her heart. She's looking at the problem. She's looking to me as a solution, which I am a solution. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> now the bird continued to like take flight and come towards us. It was a friendly bird. It just wanted a friend or somebody to feed it. And as it, as it flew towards us and continued, this took place two or three different times, she became, she became more and more fearful. I mean, I, it, was a, it was a scene. It was a scene. But here's the thing. Like, fear did not enter my heart until the bird touched me. <laughs> then, and only then, is when the fear entered my heart and I became fearful. And I looked for the closest weapon. 
And the only weapon I could find that I felt was gonna be effective was a flip-flop that I was wearing on my foot. So I took it off and I got ready to fight to the death with this bird and defend my honor, which I've lost because I've thrown her under the bus because of her fear. And I swatted and I missed, I swatted and I missed. And she said, I'm going this way. And, we, and that's what ended up in a fight, another problem. She went the other way and I said, I'm going this way. Lots and lots of poor choices. Lots and lots of things said to one another that shouldn't have been said to one another, all because fear entered our hearts. So, just like us, and just like the children of Israel, we can't allow fear to enter our hearts. Because when we focus on the problem, and we, 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 we look at that, it is allowing, we're allowing it. We're allowing the fear to come into our hearts. We love each other now. Everything's great. <laughs> Actually, we think it was somebody's pet bird and it was just lost is what we thought. But So when fear comes in, guys, faith goes out. When fear comes in, faith goes out. And so here we are. The eye, their eyes are on the problem. Their hearts are fear, uh, filled with fear. And what do they do? They begin to cry. Has anybody in here ever cried? Don't raise your hand. Men... Do not raise your hand. I never cried. Right? When the problems come, right, and you're faced with something, and it's like, Lord, I just, I just want this to, I want, I want relief. And that's what they did. They began to cry. They were, fo- they were not focused on God. They were overtaken by fear, and they began to cry. And it said that the people cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses. And so in your notes, the third point is this. The third mistake that they made was, is that they spoke against God. And they spoke against Moses. What we see in that is, is that their eyes were affected. Their heart was affected. And now their mouth is affected. And so we can see that in your notes, your mouth reveals your heart. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you and I can look at what it is that's coming out of our mouth. If we'll, we'll pay attention to the words that are coming out of our mouth, it identifies and locates exactly where our heart is. If we're in that place of fear or if we're in that place of faith. And, 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 and so we can see that that was a, a grave mistake that they made. And, you know, Here's what is really, really phenomenal about this, that we look at what it is that they said, what, what they told Moses. These were the words that they, they went and said to Moses. And when I, think about a, when I think about problems that we deal with in our life, you know, a lot of times we're so focused on the problem that we're not at all looking at what maybe is causing the problem. Look at this. It's, it's phenomenal. And I'm just going to go down through it. And it's in your notes. And it's right there in the scripture. It says, this is what the children of Israel said to Moses. It says, because there are no graves. You know what that says to me? Excuses. Because there are no graves. They made, ex- that's an excuse. How many of you guys have ever made an excuse? I just, oh, I couldn't, I didn't have time. Right? We've all made excuses. So there they are making excuses. It goes on. You have taken us away. 
They said that to Moses. You've taken us away. What is that? That's blame, right? So we got excuses. They're blaming them. It goes on. What have you done? That's what they said to Moses. What have you done? That's a complaint. It goes on. Is this not what we said? Whew, that's a big one right there. Is this not what we said? We told you this, Moses. We told you when we got them out here. What is that? That's pride. How many of you guys have ever said anything like that? Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have ever said, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? I told you this is the wrong way. Wives, you've said this to husbands. I know you have. I told you this is the wrong way. Did I not say that? Right? It's pride. I mean, let's just call it what it is. When we say these things, when we make these comments, I just, if you, why can't you? Why didn't, I told you this. What's it go on to say? They said, leave us alone. What's that? That's rejecting God. That's rejecting leadership. That's rejecting Moses. How many of you guys have ever said that? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I've, I've done this. I've prayed, Lord. You know what? Just, I just, maybe, it's not, maybe we haven't said it out of our mouth, but maybe in our actions, in our heart. It's like, man, we're, we walked away from God. We're just saying, leave me alone. What else does it say? That's the last one right here. It, it would be better. What's that? That's comparison. Listen, guys, you know, when I was studying this, I was looking at this, I'm like, man, it's just like, in my mind, I'm, I, you guys not, might, not be, might not be seeing it, but it's like all of these things, excuses, blame, complaining, pride, rejecting God in comparison. If we're not careful, we will fall. I mean, we, we can stand here and, or sit here and we can look at the children of Israel. And we can look at this problem and we think, ah, I wouldn't have done that. But in our own lives, we have some of these things in varying degrees in our own life. That, that, that are hindering us from untangling the problem that we have in our lives. And so we have to allow the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, tell me which one of these things that I need to change. Because I mean to tell you guys, excuses, blame, complaining, and pride, those things will hide in the recesses of our life if we are not careful. We can live our lives and we can think in our, in our heart of hearts, we can say, oh man, I'm, 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 I'm right. I'm doing right. I'm believing right. I'm saying right. I'm loving her the right way. I'm, I'm raising my kids the right way. And all the while, God is saying to you, you've got this that you need to change. You've got this that you need to change. You've got this that needs to change. But yet we're looking at the marriage. We're looking at the kids. We're looking at the job. And we're saying, we got this problem and we need to get it fixed. And we can't. Because of these issues, they're really, the Lord wants to tell us, he wants to show us, but we have to be open to it. We have to, we have to go to the king of kings. We have to spend time in, our, in, our, in, our, in quiet time and say, Lord, if there's anything within me, show me. Remember that your mouth reveals your heart. Problems become ours, guys, when we make excuses, when we blame others, when we complain, and when we reject, and when we compare, those things become ours. And so we see here that their eyes saw only the problem. It brought fear into their hearts, and their mouth spoke against God. 
Moses had an answer for what it is that had taken place in their ears, or I'm sorry, in their eyes, in their heart, and in their mouth. And I believe that this is a word for us. There's three things that Moses answered um, in here, and, and we see this here in verse 13. Look at what it says. It says, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. And I, and I want to just kind of take just a little bit deeper look into these three things that, that Moses said. And so the first thing is this. He told them to fear not. The opposite of fear is what? It's faith. It's, it's a trusting. It's a knowing, right? And so if I don't have fear, like we were in the bird situation, I didn't have fear. What? I had faith. I was firmly persuaded that I could take the bird until the bird touched me. But... I didn't have fear, so I had faith. She had fear and didn't have faith. She didn't have faith in me. She didn't have faith in God. All she wanted was to be free from this bird. My point is this. He told them to fear not. And so for you and I, the opposite of fear is faith. And so what does this require of us? When it comes to what Moses told the people of Israel, he said, fear not. Well, guess what? We have to know as believers, it's not just on, it's just not on Moses and it's just not on God. There's something that's required of me to fear not. In your notes, it says this, it requires us to be focused. Remember at the beginning, the first mistake that they made, they started looking at the problems. And so they, you know, and I was, I was, I was laying in bed thinking about this, you know, that there were millions, there's, you know, all these thousands and millions of people of, of Israel, and they're, they're standing there at the Red Sea. And here comes the army, and I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, if you would have been on the outside of the group, you would have been the first ones to look at the army that was coming at you. And you would have been the first one to scream, kind of like my wife did when the bird came, but you would begin to scream, and, and I, I, I imagine it as a wave of fear that would just roll through the crowd of Israelites, right? If I'm standing over here in the middle and, and Reed's out there on the edge and Reed starts screaming, what's, what am I going to do? I'm going to start looking and be like, what's Reed screaming at? He's screaming at the, the, the people that are coming, the, the Egyptians that are coming. And so what am I going to do? I'm like, ah, right? It's going to escalate. And so my point is this, that I have to focus. And, and, and in, in the day and age that we live in, guys, there's going to be a lot of people that are screaming, they're hollering, they're, they got a word, they got, they're saying things out of their mouth and they're acting a certain way and they're living their life a certain way. But guess what? You and I have a choice to do what? Be focused. It requires you and I to be focused because we are surrounded by fear. I mean, everywhere you go, it does not matter where you go. And, and I'm not talking just Screaming people that like they're scared of a bird. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people that they're just walking down the road in a certain way and you look at them and they are communicating fear to you. Think about it. In the last two years of, our, of, of, of this world, you just think about, you don't, I'm not talking like, oh, I'm fearful, I'm afraid. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people that, that they, they communicate that. And you have to be careful. You have to, you have to be focused. Because if you are not focused, 
You'll begin to see that day after day after day after day after day. And your focus goes from what the Word of God said and what His promise was to you and, 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 and what He declared to you and what is sown deep into your heart. And as you begin to look at it day after day after day, what does it do? It erodes away that faith. It erodes away that strong, firm knowing and conviction that is inside of your heart. And so when you're, when you're walking through life, focus is imperative. It's imperative that every day it's like, I'm getting up and I'm filling myself with the word. I'm getting up and I'm feeding. I'm putting seed in, I'm watering, I'm, I'm strengthening myself, I'm doing what it is that I need to do. So what? I can continue to be focused, be focused, be focused. I'm telling you what, guys, the enemy will subtly try to steal and, and steal your focus. He'll come into your life in the smallest of ways. I'm seeing this more and more, that it's just like, they're not bad things. They really aren't. But if I want to remain focused, I have to say no. I have to say, I'm sorry. I can't do that. You know, this is more important. My relationship with my, my, my Savior is more important. My relationship with my wife is more important. My relationship with my kids is more important. It all goes back to, we have to be focused. But not only, you know, in our requirement of what is required of us, it's his promise to us is what? He gives us peace. John 14, 27 says it this way. I am leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. So here Moses is saying, don't fear. He says to the people, do not fear. What's required of me? I got to be focused. And my promise, the promise to me is, is that he's going to give me peace. I can stay focused in the fact that he has given me peace in the, in the turmoil, in the problem, you know, in, 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 in those things that we're facing. They may not go away right away, but it's like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going to fear. I'm going to remain focused. I'm going to remain looking to him. And I know that he's going to give me peace as he works this situation out. Number two is to stand firm, stand firm. Now this one is, is, oh, this one's a little bit difficult. Because when I think about stand firm, Tim's not here today. Tim's, Tim's this guy, Tim Hoskins. If anybody knows Tim, he's giant, right? We were in JCPenney's last night shopping, and Rachel's like, ooh, big and tall. I'm like, no, that's for guys like Tim Hoskins, not us. We're little people. <laughs> but when I think about stand firm, I think about, if you've ever seen Tim, you know, when he used to stand up here on the, on the platform, and he would, he'd go like this with his guitar. And it's like, I don't care who you are. You could take a running jump and not knock that guy over, right? You're going to hit him. He's like a brick wall, right? Stand firm. That's what Moses told the people of Israel, to stand firm. And, 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 but here's the thing about standing firm. It's, it's not normally what we think about when it comes to a problem or something that we're dealing with. Our initial reaction is, man, I got to get some, I gotta, we got to do something. We got to figure this out. We got to go here. We got to do this. We got we to, gotta, you know what I mean? And Moses is saying, no, 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 no. I want you to stand firm. I want you to be still. I want you to stop. I want you to be unmovable. I want you to be unshakable. I want you to stand still. That's difficult. I don't know about you, but like I'm the, I'm the guy that sits there and goes like this, right? In impatience. Who else does that in here? Anybody else doing that right now? Relax. What God's saying to the people is, stand still, stand still, stop, 
Now, I know for some of you guys, some of you guys are, some, some people in here are just chill, right? No problem. My brother's that way, right? He could be like 20 minutes late for an air, airplane ride. A ride? What? A ride? No, a flight. He's going somewhere. He's 20 minutes from there, and he's still laying in bed. Totally chill. So you don't have a problem with this stand still thing, because you guys, you that are relaxed, you got the stand firm, stand still thing down. No problem. We can stand here forever. How long do you want to be here? But for some of us that are a little more, the Lord's saying, stand still. Be still. That's what he's saying. Look, look at this, I, or listen to this. I found this in a commentary. It says that, you know, oftentimes the Lord will direct us as believers in times of crisis to stand still, to stand firm. Why does he say that? Because, he's, because despair will tell us to sit down. Despair in a situation that we're dealing with, it'll tell us to just sit down and give up. And it goes on to say, fear tells us to retreat, kind of like Rachel and the bird, right? Let's get out of here. Impatience will tell us to do something now. That's the, that's the category I fall into. Do something now. Presumption will tell us to just jump, to just give up, to just run, to just get out of here. But God tells us to stand still. Hold your peace as he reveals his plan. I like what one version says. It says, shut up. It actually said that. I was like, that is so cool. So in those moments when you're facing a problem and things are not going well, and it's just like, and you want to like do something, we're going to do something now. He says, stand still. And I know it's, it's probably the toughest point in all of us for us as, as people. We're impatient. It's like, why, does, why did you not have my food out? Why did it take so long? You know, that's the culture that we live in. You know, and, and it's like, you can have anything now. You can buy things. You can Venmo money. You can do all this stuff. And it's like that. And so when we approach the things of God and things are going on, we want to Venmo our problem out of our life. And he's saying, no, 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 no. You're going to stand still and you're going to be quiet and you're going to allow me to move in this situation and, and do what it is that I need to do. But it requires us, and I got ahead of myself in your notes, it requires us to be still. So in order to stand firm, we have to be still. Psalms 46.10 says it this way. Be still and know. So when you're standing still, or if you're in your mind, you need to picture yourself as Tim Hoskins. Be still. Stand firm. Be still. What are you doing in those times? knowing that he is God. Psalms 37.7 says, Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him and entrust yourself to him. This is the amplified version. Do not fret. Do not whine. And do not agonize. Whew! Man, that hit me hard. <laughs> That's like, okay, yeah, okay. I, I have a tendency to whine a little bit. I'll stop whining, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord, as I read that. Standing still requires you to be still, don't agonize, and don't whine. And as we come to a close here and the, and the team comes up, his promise in this time, when we're standing firm, his promise in that time is that what? It's in your notes. He helps us and he strengthens us in those times. Yes, he's asked you and I to stand firm. 
He's asked you and I to stand firm and he's asked you and I to be still. That's our deal. That's our responsibility is to be still. He said, stand firm. And he said, us, our responsibility is to be still. And his promise is that he will help us and he will strengthen you. Look at what it says here in Isaiah 41.10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. You guys need to underline that in your Bible. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He, he, he's not just saying you're on, you're on your own. You just got to be strong and big and tough like Tim Hoskins. He's not, he's not saying that. This isn't your own strength. He's saying just stand still and stand firm. And as you stand still and as you stand firm, I will strengthen you and I will help you to stand in strength and stand firm. You know, when that problem, it's, it's like, Lord, I need your help. He's like, I got you. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to stand firm. Be still. Don't run your mouth. Don't allow yourself to go off on all these tangents. Control your mind. Silence your mind. Silence your heart. Silence your mouth. Stand still. I'll help you and I will strengthen you. The last thing is this, and this is where this is the promise to us, guys. Fear not, stand firm. The third thing is this, see salvation. I don't know about you, but I wanna see salvation. What's salvation? It's being delivered. It's having deliverance in our life. It's being saved from the problem that it is that we face. But guess what, guys? It requires, you know, we can see the salvation, but it requires something. It requires us to be confident. Be confident. That's simply saying, be in faith, be in trust, be knowing, have a knowing. Man, I know, I know I'm gonna see it. I know it's right around the corner. I'm expecting it. I, 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 I'm just, man, it's just any day. He, he said it, it's just, it's, I, I'm, I'm watching as the Lord is dissolving this situation. He's untangling this mess. He's helping, he's doing, I don't even have to do it. I'm just, I'm just gonna stand here. I'm just gonna watch him work in my life and undo this mess that I've been dealing with and, and tried in my own strength to untangle. He's gonna do it and it's gonna be great. I just have to be confident. His promise to me is this, is that he works and he fights for you. Look at what it says here in the, in the verse 13. Fear not, stand firm, see your salvation. And the Lord, which he will work today for you, for the Egyptians or the problem whom you see today, you'll never see them again. Guys, that is just a phenomenal uh, promise to them. You'll never see this problem, problem, uh, problem again. He said, see the salvation. I'm working for you. You'll never see it again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You just have to be silent. I don't know about you guys, but that is, that is just an awesome promise to us that we, we, we fear not. We fear not, but we have to be focused. And the promise to us is, is that he gives us peace. We stand firm and be still. And he helps and strengthens us. And then lastly, we see this salvation. And just we're just confident in it. And, and as we do that, he works and he fights and he helps and he untangles and he, he does what only he can do. But we have to take these steps. And I know it's a challenge, but it's just like, I tell you what, 
there's this, there's this illustration, and then you can also look at the story with, with Jehoshaphat. It's nearly paralleled. The only difference is, is that he told him to be silent. He told him to stand firm. But he said at the end, he said, now I want you to worship me. I want you to come and you praise. And as you praise and as you worship, I'm going to change this situation. I'm going to do what only I can do. And so as we stand today, if there's something that's going on in your life, I just encourage you, man, just to be like, you know what, Lord? I, I didn't do like you told me to do in 1 Peter. I, did, I have not cast my care on you. As we worship this morning and as we bring this to a close, this is a perfect opportunity for you to say, Lord, I'm casting my care on you. I'm giving this problem to you. I'm gonna do what Moses told, told the people of Israel. I'm gonna stand firm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk in that which they, they were told to walk in. I'm gonna reorient my focus and do that which I need to do. It's the perfect time to do it. But before that, with every head bowed and every eye closed, even those that are on stage, we're gonna give you an opportunity. This is the, the most important time of this service. And so I just ask you to respect everybody that's here because the thing is, guys, is that I do what I do, but then the Holy Spirit picks up where I lead off, leave off and he works in people's lives. And he does what only he can do in the heart of an individual. And so if you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to him, today is your day. If you, by, by lifting your hand, say, I'm that person, I need to get right with God, just simply slip up your hand. I won't have you come down here. You don't have to, I'm not gonna pull you out in front of anybody. If there's anybody in here that you need to rededicate your life, is there anybody in here? Anybody at all? I see those hands. Perfect, you can put them down. Perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then finally, if you've not in, invited him to be the Lord of your life, today is your day. And, with, and, and by that, I mean, you've not surrendered your heart to him and said, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, just raise up your hand. Is there anybody in here? We just want to make sure. It's so important, guys. All right. Well, I'm going to pray for these two. And then we're going to worship God together. Father, we just come before you. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, for these two that have raised their hand. Lord, you have seen their, their heart. You've seen them, the, the, the admission of their wrong, Father God. And today, Father, we know that you are renewing them and restoring them, Father God. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them and help them, Father God, in this time and in this decision to live for you. I pray, Lord, that you'd send people into their path that would surround them and help them and strengthen them, Father God. I pray that you'd open up the eyes of their understanding, Father, to follow after you. In Jesus' name.